I'm Sam Carter. And I'm Dean Lowry. This is Carter and Lowry. Let's get started. Welcome back. Uh, Sam, how you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like we, it was a great comeback against Boston College. In our yeah, I mean, uh, down by, what, 17 points at one point? 18. It's the record. So, yeah. Um, so the quarterback for Boston College, I think he, he got hurt, right? And then he came back in? Yeah. He did, but that was that was I mean, late in the game. Was, yeah, so they were down. I mean, by four, I think, and I mean, he had three or four passes that could easily have been, have been touchdowns. touchdowns, but he just way overthrew them. Yeah, and um, but I think their coach is really good. I mean, they almost beat UNC, but we'll get to them later. But um, yeah, great win for Clemson, and I guess uh. They're seven and zero, still without Trevor Lawrence, and that kind of is going to bring me to the big question: is is can Clemson beat Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence? I think. What are so. your thoughts on that? I think we can, but it's going to be a lot closer than if we had Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but um. So. We'll see. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So Notre Dame, they're still number four. So. You think if a loss were to happen without Trevor Lawrence, do you think you guys would be taken out of the top four? No. I if you were to lose would, to Notre Dame. I think we would drop to number four. Alabama would become number one, and Ohio State would become number two, and Georgia would be three. Or no, no, Notre Dame would be three, sorry. And Georgia okay. would be five. Um. So ESPN gives Clemson still a 66% chance uh, to beat Notre Dame. Do you think that's uh, too high or too low? I think that's fair. Maybe a little high. I don't know. But I think we're still the better team, with or without Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, okay. So um, good luck next week. And uh, now we got to get to UNC yeah, with uh, another loss, second loss on the season. I mean – Giving up 44 points to a team that was 1-4, that was pretty terrible. I mean, 41 points, it should be enough to win. I mean, even in the ACC, which, I mean, has had some decent defense. But now UNC is – we've dropped out of the rankings, and I don't know if it's going to get much better from here. We do have Duke next week, who is pretty terrible. But, um, I mean, I guess the only – optimistic thing about this is we do have two pretty big games against Notre Dame and against Miami. So yeah. maybe if we win those two games, we could squeak into a big bowl game like the uh, Tostitos Bowl. But um, And maybe just even a, an ACC championship game. 
Well, I think Cl- Notre Dame is represented in our division, so I don't think that's going to happen. But maybe if they lose to Clemson. He's not doing divisions. Oh, they're not? I did not know that. Yeah. So she's the best two teams? Yeah, it's like what the uh, Big 12 does. All right, hold on one second. I want to see what the ACC football standings are real quick. So, I mean, so it's just based off conference record, just the yeah. best two teams. Okay. Hold on, let me pull it up. So, I mean, I mean that gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah. Because so because right guys- now – yeah. If you guys okay. beat Notre Dame and Notre Dame yeah. loses to Clemson, we got a shot. Yeah. So right Miami now, too. in the ACC, Clemson is at six and zero. Notre Dame is at five and zero. Miami is at four and one. NC State's at four and two, and North Carolina's at four and two. So if we beat Notre Dame and Miami, and Notre Dame loses to Clemson, we, that would put us in second because no other team has. Um, Less than two wins that we already beat um, Virginia Tech and NC State. So, I mean, it gives me a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And um, it's still a very disappointing loss. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess that's all we have for college football. Coming up next, uh, we're going to do a little bit of NFL breakdown with a special guest who's a Saints fan. All right, welcome back, and we're here for our NFL segment, and joining us today is going to be a special Saints fan, David Bowie. Hello? Um, so how's it going, David? Uh, it's going pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. The Panthers, I mean, that was a tough loss, but, um, your Saints, what a big win in overtime against the Bears. Yeah, that was definitely a uh, very good and needed win versus a good Chicago team for sure. So, uh, the Saints, uh, what are you thinking right now? I mean, just a percentage wise of their playoff chances. If I had to give you an estimate... I'd probably go like sixty to sixty-five percent. Okay, so you think it's gonna be more of a wild card, or um, that you could potentially win the division? Um, it'd be tougher if they. It'd be tougher if the Saints tried to go for a wild card because um, you look at the NFC and there are a lot of really good teams in the NFC. You've got Chicago, Green Bay, you've yeah, got Seattle. You've got the teams out in the West. You've got, you know, one team from the horrific NFC East is going to make it in, too. So, right. And you still got to contend with Tampa Bay. So it's going to be pretty tough. But, um, you know, they've got a big game against Tampa Bay next week. Wow. If you can win that, yeah. you've got the tiebreaker. So I think that's pretty optimistic. All right. Uh, well, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye. All right, Sam, why don't you give us the breakdown for the Steelers this week? So the Steelers moved to a solid 7-0 and after beating a really good Ravens team. And then we got Dallas up next. And I think we'll beat Dallas pretty good. 
and that'll set us up pretty good for the playoffs. Yeah, right now the Steelers have a 50% chance to get a first round bye. So because of the, if you didn't know, the NFL currently is going to have seven teams make the playoffs this season. So there's only one bye. So you have a 50% chance to the best record in the AFC. But the Chiefs are still lurking with one loss. The Ravens and Colts and Bills and Titans are lurking with two losses. So, I mean, plenty of good talent in the AFC, but um, another great win for the Steelers, and uh, they're still perfect. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers, on the other hand, uh, are not perfect. We're uh, far from it. Currently sitting at 3-5. and five. I mean, we kind of we kind of just drowned out to a team that, just fired their head coach, and uh, we kind of just had that lack of, you know, spark on offense. Um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, he wasn't with us this week, and uh, I think that really hurt us because uh, we started out pretty strongly, but I think once the Falcons kind of figured us out, it was when we only scored three points after uh, that initial burst of two touchdowns. But um, a cool flea flicker play, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a perfect quarterback ranking in the uh, first half. So um, that's a positive. But, um, yeah, it's kind of just a sad parade. Uh, we got Kansas City next week, so I probably uh, – I know that we are going to lose. Yeah. But um, and on the up note, um, we get to pick who we think is going to win the NFC East. We started this game last week. Sam, you picked the Washington football team last week. I picked the Eagles. Remember, it's at the end of the season. Whoever picks the winning team the most will win. And uh, this week, I got to go with the Eagles again. I mean, they picked up another, I mean, just another kind of awful win against, I mean, whatever is left of Dallas. And uh, But uh, they're only one game out of 500, so... I expect for them to win the division. I, so I agree. Got. I think that uh, the Eagles sitting right under five and zero. Oh, I think that's the they have the best shot to win the NFC East right now. But still, they're not a very good team. But I have to go away from the uh, Washington football team. So. Um, the Eagles currently, uh, according to 530, have a 69% chance to make the playoffs. What chance do you give them of winning any kind of playoff game? Because they're going to be the four seed, it looks like, right now. Yeah. So um, I don't think they're going to really make any damage. No, I don't think But, uh, yeah, um, there's – that about does it for our NFL segment. And uh, coming up next, we're going to do a little wrap-up where we celebrate – a championship victory, and look at a controversial topic. And uh, welcome to our wrap-up segment. Since there isn't really that many sports leagues going on right now, uh, we thought we would just uh, answer some debate questions. But first, we want to congratulate the Dodgers on their uh, World Series victory. Uh, we talked to Jack Cole on yeah. uh, the last episode. Nice win in six games, and a person from North Carolina won the uh, World Series MVP, so you always like to see it. And our debate question for this week is, are bandwagon fans truly bad for sports? Sam, why don't you start us off? I think that bandwagon fans are not good for sports 
because while they bring revenue to teams for a short period of time, it doesn't last. So when, like, no one is buying LeBron James Cleveland jerseys or Heat jerseys anymore. That's no right. one's buying Steph Curry Warriors jerseys anymore. So they don't really have they don't have a chance to build a loyal fan base. That's I think that's why they're bad. Yeah, um my counterpoint would be in I mean, if you look at um you talked about the NBA jersey sales, um you you were right. I mean the best selling jersey every year since two thousand eleven it was LeBron with the Heat, two thousand twelve was Derek Rose, two thousand thirteen it was Carmelo. LeBron with the Heat, and then immediately switched to the Cavaliers jerseys once he switched to the other team. And then Stephen Curry three years in a row, and then LeBron with the Lakers the past three years. But um, I think the bandwagon fans, so we call them, people who only stick to a player or the team that is the best, I think they are the ones that drive, I guess, the modern game. Like, I... Don't think I would ever buy a Steph Curry jersey, but I mean that's because I mean I'm like I like all of my hometown teams, so I'm never gonna really support yeah. the modern edge. But I mean, I guess they are. I mean, it's really hard to gain traction. I mean, as a fan base, like I doubt anyone was really paying attention to the Warriors this past year, but um, I think they, I mean, they're driving sports, even if. Even if people who are loyalists are really happy about them, I mean, they're always going to be there. Yeah, that's true. Um, but um, I think that, I mean, there's no really way around it because there's not enough. I, I, there's not enough people that don't watch sports. There's not enough people that watch sports like on a consistent basis. I mean, you kind of have to have those bandwagon fans. Like, I wanted to, there's no way to actually tell this, but like the difference in the number of viewers if LeBron hadn't made the finals this year. Like, what was yeah, the, true. what was the difference? Because, I mean, the Lakers, I mean, they've, they're such a big draw. Like, is that the, the is that the reason that the NBA can, or any other sports league can make money is because those big teams are always going to have those fans. So, I mean... And what's going to happen when there is no LeBron to watch? I mean, I guess there, there's always going to be somebody else. I mean, I guess Zion hasn't really crept up yet. I mean, he, his rookie season, he obviously was hurt for about half of it and uh, didn't play very well in the bubble. Yeah. But um, there's always going to be that next uh, bandwagon player that uh, people will follow. Yeah. Uh, uh, that about does it for uh, the Cardinal Larry podcast. Sam, any other final thoughts? No, not right now. All right. Uh, we'll see you next week, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Carter and Lowry. This episode featured Dean Lowry, Sam Carter, and David Bowie. Special thanks to our listeners and our producer. Buzzsprout.